The title of this sermon is Being Independent. Uh, If you don't know what that means, look at a two-year-old. You could tell me stories, couldn't you? My little one-year-old granddaughter, and no, I'm not showing pictures. She's fine receiving food from a spoon, as long as her hand's on it. You know what I mean? Even already, independent spirit. I'm so grateful for the independent spirit of our founding fathers who pledged, and many of them lost, all their earthly possessions, their family, their own lives in pursuit of freedom for this country. That kind of independence is incredible and powerful, and we're so grateful for that. Yet, when that independent spirit creeps over into our spiritual lives, we've crossed the line that will get us in trouble. So I'm actually going to change the name of the sermon from being independent to being dependent. And that's a weird topic for 5th of July, but the first sermon that really went through my mind when Tim asked me to come was covered beautifully in the video. So that was just it, the whole sermon, so I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, uh, Because it touched on all the stuff that was on my heart. But then as I thought, uh, you know, when I cover for Tim, I I love it when I... uh, have an opportunity to be more of a teacher than a preacher. Well, I'm not either today. I'm a reminder. Just a little review. I'm not even close to covering the things I'm going to mention because each thing I'm going to mention is worth about a four to six week sermon series. We're not doing that today. But uh, it's reminders, just simply some post to put along the road, that remind us to think about this. Uh, I like the word ponder, P-O-N-D-E-R. It's something that's largely absent in our society today. It means think about it. To really think about something for more than two seconds, for more than the flash of a string, to think about something. Well, Today, I'm hoping to bring up some topics that you can ponder as you go through this week. The first dependence I'd like to encourage us to remember is dependence on God. Dependence on God. I'm reminded of a a story of a man who was working on a roof. His, His feet slipped on the shingles. He's flying down a steep roof. Two story drop coming up. And he cries out, oh God, save me. And about that time, the loop on his jeans caught a roofing nail that was sticking up about that far. Never mind. That's an independent spirit. No. Let's appreciate God. I like uh, C.S. Lewis's works, and I've read the Chronicles of Narnia uh, probably six or seven times, the seven books. 
And if, in case you've never read them, read them. Uh, don't read the last one aloud to a child until you've read it yourself. I'll just say that, the final battle. But uh, incredible Christian truth captured in children's books. One of my, my really favorite character is Lucy, who is the youngest of the children. And Lucy had that beautiful childlike faith. And Lucy had left Narnia and come back later. And she saw Aslan, who was the Christ figure, a lion. And Lucy saw Aslan and said, Aslan, you're bigger. That is because you're older, little one, answered he. Not because you are. And he said, I am not, but every year you grow, you will find me bigger. I've got a question for you. Has God gotten bigger for you? As you get older, do you see more of God? Are you more in love with Him, more dependent on Him, more appreciative of Him? Or is He still the same God He was five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago? I, I pray that your relationship with God gives you more and more and more to appreciate and love with Him. That your God gets bigger. Does He really change? No. But our eyes do. Two verses I'd like to share here. 2 Corinthians. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die... But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. Don't you get that, who raises the dead? Even if they do kill me, I'm okay. A reminder. We were not created just for life on earth. We were created for eternity. This is the threshold. We're not there yet. We're not home yet. But oh my goodness, when I look at this, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God. One observation. It wasn't good or fun times that let them learn to rely on God. Think through your life. I think through my life. Through hard times, we really learn to rely on God. In Psalm 73, it says this. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. These are the words of a person who who would sense, and I think many of you understand this, uh, when God does incredible things in the life of someone, and uh, uh, like Tommy Bell is just rebounding, God is being so good. Uh, He was so sick a week, week and a half ago, and he's still very ill, but making serious progress 
incredible grace. But you know, I've observed through life when God brings healing and restoration, bless God. Amen. When He doesn't, bless God, thank God. Either way, the Lord be praised. Either way. Depend on God. Second thought, depend on Jesus. Before we get to the verse, the one I didn't even put a verse to because you know it so well, is simply put, Jesus Christ paid for your sins on the cross. He is our salvation. We're utterly, totally dependent on Him for that and not on ourselves. That said, let's look at John 15, 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. Does that verse say we need to be dependent on Jesus Christ? Do we need to stay connected? Or do we let our independent spirit let us just go a different direction when he's pulling us another? Amen. Amen. Dependent on Jesus. They're not all going to be that quick, so don't relax too much. But I'm going to the next one now. Dependent on the Holy Spirit. Uh, I love how Baptists get a little bit nervous when you put something like that on the screen. Uh, uh, the older I get, the more I appreciate the work of the Holy Spirit. Ah, the comforter, the counselor, the guide, the one who leads. Uh, the Holy Spirit that... Uh, that uh, pestered Misty about the 4th of July coming up and our church didn't have any plans to participate. Wouldn't let her go. And just they were just moving this weekend. No big deal. Clay, can't we help do some 4th of July stuff? He goes, yeah, sort of. And uh, <laughs> uh, but he did. He got on board. And a lot of other people got on board. We not only had a float with music, People from our church went, cut up, served watermelon to Lindale. Oh, love in action. Why? The Holy Spirit prompted. And she listened. Ah, oh, she listened. And the, the, one of the first things that comes to my mind... Uh, Galatians 5, 22, 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, notice it isn't you produced through hard work or positive thinking or reading self-help books. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control. Ah, when I hear a Christian say more than they needed to say, I can't help but think I don't see much fruit of the Spirit there. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things, he says, uh, just kind of emphasizing the point. Nothing wrong with this. Oh, my, to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to the point that the Holy Spirit brings this kind of fruit. Oh, yeah. Romans 15, 13 says this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Woo. We, we, we understand that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity are one, yet three unique. That God, the source of hope, will fill you with joy and peace because of your trust in Him, your faith in Him, then overflow with confident joy. Don't you love that expression? Overflow with confident joy. And understand that's in spite of circumstances. We can have confident joy during hard times as well as in days of celebration. Oh, yeah. Next, the one that may be a bit of a surprise is to be dependent on the saints. First, I have to define a term. No, the Baptists don't canonize saints. No, we don't. We're not talking about uh, anything other than people who belong to Jesus Christ. Some of you never thought of your spouse as a saint before, did you? Well, welcome. That's the way the term's used in the scriptures. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if He is your Savior, you're a saint because you are holy because He has paid the price for all your sin. Doesn't mean perfect. It means you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That makes you a saint. If you feel more comfortable, mark that out and put depend on each other. Okay. But that's really what we're talking about here. By the way, how do we support each other? We share love. We share acceptance. I don't care how old you are. 
the first time you enter the, uh, the door of a new church or you move to a new community, you're just like that little third grade kid that had to change schools middle of the year and you're coming in the door saying, I hope they like me. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. I hope we're always a church that people feel that acceptance and love. We share acceptance. Even though, while I've told you, your neighbor, your spouse, your whoever is a saint, I'll go ahead and break it to you. They're also a sinner. They're going to fail. And we still accept and love them. Due to that, we need forgiveness. We owe each other forgiveness. Support. And finally, prayer. Uh, Tommy and I have talked uh, several times through his illness. In fact, before he went to the hospital, we were talking about his illness. And I said... that I know when Bonnie was sick, I had never felt as dependent on the prayers of other people in my life. And Tommy relates to that because he, because he feels totally dependent on the prayers of others. And we're praying for Tommy and God's doing some incredible things. Prayer. Let's look at Ephesians 6, 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This isn't just my opinion. The Lord said do it. The Bible said do it. Pray, support, love each other. But here we're told in this epistle, prayers for all persistent in your prayers. That means pray again. Meet their needs. 1 Timothy 2.1 puts it this way, I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Ooh. That's tough if you don't like them, isn't it? Let's just lay it out there. Uh, not all the saints are lovable. Okay? Uh, one friend of mine who is a minister years ago said, well, you need a few goats there to keep you honest. They make you think through everything six times before you do it. And sometimes you needed to think through it six times before you did it. Give thanks for them. I found out years ago that if there's a conflict, if you pray for that person, I don't mean gripe to God about it. 
I mean pray for their benefit. Pray that God blesses them. Pray that God draws them close. I don't know what changes. I just know things change. I don't know whether it's when we pray we're changing or God's changing them or a little bit of both. I guess it depends on circumstances. But it's incredible how God works through prayer. That's for other people. I will readily admit to you that David in the Psalms from time to time would tell God about the folks that were irritating him. Many Psalms, oh Lord, let them have it. That was a paraphrase. But uh, he just really wanted God to kick them around a bit. They had earned it and he wanted them to get it. That's okay. That's thoroughly, totally okay. Thinking back through, I would say beware our independent spirituality. If we want our faith, what we do, how we pray to be based on our preferences, our comfort, I'm going to be honest, it's not really about us, it's about God's kingdom work. But if we lose that independent spirit from God and let His Spirit lead us as we pray, new power comes. But we become more dependent on God. We remember to be dependent on Jesus Christ not only for our salvation but for our very success. Staying connected to Him. Being dependent on the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to comfort us, to correct us. We're reminded that the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. We're not... One place we do get in trouble is when we decide it's our job to convict somebody else of sin. The Holy Spirit does that quite well. I don't really, unless the Holy Spirit prompts me to, I'd best not take that role. The Holy Spirit will convict of sin. And then finally, being dependent on the saints. Scripture reminds us that our prayers are effective and bear fruit when we are connected. And yet when we're in rebellion against God, we're just not really worth a whole lot. So it's kind of like you've got the checkbook, but is there any money in the bank? If you don't bounce your checks in your prayer life, folks, be right with the Lord Stay connected so that when you pray, it's effectual, it can be fervent, 
it can bring a blessing. It has power. Guided by the Holy Spirit. The real question is, will we be intentionally independent today? Not just an accident, not dependent on God because we're too lazy to do anything else. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about will we intentionally give ourselves to the Lord in this? Like I said earlier, each of these is worth many, 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 many sermons. Uh, with computers and smartphones and all that stuff, you can find all the information you want on these topics. But the challenge is, what will we do with the information? Are you willing to admit you're dependent on God? I don't know about you as a young man. I can remember thinking, what would it be like to worship the Lord? I mean, nobody on earth's worthy of worship. That's easy. You, I don't bow down and worship anybody. Jesus is worthy of worship. Totally. Will I intentionally let him be my Lord? Let him guide me.